Welcome to another episode of the Perkomatic Digest podcast. My name is Ellen Cocker. I am your host. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Hunter Young, and he's the president of Hi-Fi Agency. Welcome to the podcast, Hunter. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm the podcast with you, Ellen. I'm uh, super excited to talk to you. So uh, happy Monday and let's do it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Hi-Fi Agency, what you guys offer going to also touch on the complexity of the media landscape, what type of solutions you provide for your clients. Then we'll talk about uh, your team, right? Your team and I had a workshop, I believe a month and a half ago, on programmatic activation, optimization bootcamp. So we'd love to hear and also let the listeners know your experience and your team experience. But before we get into the juice, let's have you introduce yourself. Who are you, what you do, and how you got to being the president of Hi-Fi Agency? Yeah, like most people, it's a weird, circuitous route to get where you go. Um, (laughs) And uh, for me, it's a convergence of a few things. So I have worked in two professional arenas in my career, one being uh, the agency world. So that's how I like, got out of college, worked in agencies, loved that creative environment, um, always enjoyed the diversity of work and all the people and, and just loved that somewhat of a chaotic style of work that is agency life. And then I moved, I actually got pulled into banking because one of our clients oh, wow. poached me from an agency. Yeah. So somehow I got pulled into banking, which I had never planned to be in. And uh, became in a very large bank, was the head of online and mobile and web experiences. So I had a team of like 250 people and PhD engineers and all kinds of stuff. And I always joke, I was in this mega company and had all these people I was responsible for and I couldn't actually get anything done. And then I moved to a much smaller financial institution, was asked to lead marketing and lead digital, uh, the digital channel in that institution and what is now the largest community bank in North Carolina. Uh, So that was a cool experience. It was a great experience to be the CMO uh, in a large publicly traded company. I got a chance to do that. It was uh, tons of life lessons, uh, tons of lessons about the brokenness, the banking industry. And uh, as a result of that, I said, okay, well, now that I've done that, why don't I combine these two worlds into the ultimate goal that I frankly had for the last 20 years, which was start my own business. Okay. So I essentially combined those two fields into yeah, yeah, the yeah. agency that we created. Hi-Fi is a company completely devoted to financial services and nice. a okay. service marketing firm. Oh, that's really, really cool. Okay. So how long has Hi-Fi been around and where's the name Hi-Fi come from actually? <laughs> <laughs> it's cheesy, but you know, it's like, I dreamed it thing. It's a true story. Um, I woke up one night. Uh, so hi-fi came out of the pandemic. Essentially, I finally decided to jump and do what I had always wanted to do. I didn't realize that right on the horizon was the pandemic as oh, I was yeah. writing up the business plan to do this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so it ended up being a blessing. It ended up being a really really interesting time to start a business. But uh, (laughs) as a result, once you get kind of start a business in the midst of a, at the peak of a global pandemic, uh, you you do have a lot of faith that you can uh, do this for the long haul uh, because that that was a pretty significant challenge to kickstart business uh, at that time. 
hi-fi, what it means. So for music lovers, if you are old enough, you remember something called high fidelity. And so back in the seventies, uh, when you had your eight track or your records or whatnot, they would call it high fidelity sound. It's like crystallized sound. It was a term uh, that a lot of audiophiles used back then to say like this music sounds crispy. It's beautiful. Uh, and there's this, you know, this new way of listening to it. And so that's, you know, took that uh, <laughs> metaphor and ran with the idea of marketing clarity and crystallized marketing clarity around what you're doing and the activities you're doing. And, and that's how it, uh, how it came to be. That's and I literally cool. woke up at 1 a.m. in the morning and I like grabbed my wife and I was like, hi, and she's like, what, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, we're going to call it, we're going to call it hi-fi. And she's like, go back to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. I do have random thoughts in like the most random places, like right before I wake up or, I mean, right after I wake up or like in a shower I'm like walking the dogs and I'm like, oh, I need to remember this. This is oh, genius. Yeah. Um, no, you just like random voice notes are hilarious. I'll look at a random voice note. And I was like, wait, did I say that? Did Siri pick that up correctly? Because I just have these stream of consciousness <laughs> yeah. uh, notes from walking dogs and jumping out of the shower and like yeah. talking to Siri. <laughs> My friend Sadar, okay, I'm going to call her back, uh, cut her out. A, she used to tell me she had waterproof note. Uh, a notepad waterproof that she left in her shower because she had the most genius ideas and not so much only professional like around the house or oh I should do this for myself and then she will take notes so she can remember and I'm like wow that's on another level I just yell echo you know the Amazon device name so that she doesn't (laughs) turn on um, and tell her remind me to do this later and then she'll remind me most of the time I love that. In college, I genuinely thought about that because I was like, people, like tons of people, I always hear people have great ideas in showers. I was like, why hasn't someone created this waterproof, like whiteboard style shower? It's like the shower for the entrepreneur. And you can just like scribble all over it and write all your thoughts out there, snapshot it at the end of a shower. Brilliant. I I think it would still work. (laughs) That would be be hilarious. So when you talk to your daughters and when you talk to um, people that have no idea of what you're doing, no idea what media is, programmatic is. And how would you define what you do to a five-year-old? Like your day-to-day, oh, I get to do this. We basically, the way I word it on our website is we help financial services talk about money the way people talk about money. Like that's the, it's the most kind of simple, eloquent way I could put it. And the 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 layers behind that are, if you're familiar with the banking industry, if you're familiar with the financial services industry at all, you know that historically what you see in big TV ads and media, the creative you see out in the world, it's yeah. usually things like get this rate on this product or yeah. you know, hurry and get the rate now before it's too late. Or uh, it's like an old white couple holding hands saying retire one day, but get a 401k. And it's, it's these kind of scenes and the same old drab uh, messaging that mm-hmm. makes every bank, every credit union look and feel the same. And okay. so one of the things that we talk a lot about in our company is the idea of just being real about money, being yeah. uh, talking kind of the emotion behind it and being, um, it's such a taboo subject in a lot of homes because it it creates a lot of anxiety, understandably Mm -hmm. as the company who's supposed to be the shepherd of 
your money and, you know, be the caretaker of it and actually maybe give you some advice every once in a while. Yeah. You need to live up to that in your communication style and what you put out into the world. And so that's a, that was like a founding principle of this company. That is so cool because, so I have a lot of questions about the financial services specifically because it's such a niched industry. I mean, you can, there are some targeting limitation when it comes to who you're trying to reach, who you're trying to share that message with. There are also like some creative limitation, right? You just mentioned like you, you can't promise anything. I think it's a little bit like employment, the employment industry. So what does the media landscape looks like for the financial services today, but also like, where do you think it's going? Like it's Q4, 2022, if anybody is working for financial services, whether in a marketing team, whether for another agency, running a few banks here or there, what can they take out of like, this is what it looks like for real and you need to do this? Yeah. Well, there's there's different layers to this too. So there's the macro aspect of this, which is actually related to media. And those are things like connected TV and the cookie-less future and all, the, all oh, yeah. of those issues, which I'm sure you talk about all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the macro media stuff that even financial services deal with because it's media. Mm-hmm. And then there in the within the space, the financial services space specifically, okay. there's a tremendous amount of confusion because of disruption inside the industry. So you think oh. about crypto went through a boom during pandemic. Uh, you think about uh, fintech, size of fintech, and all these little tools yeah. and apps you have to manage your money. And yeah. so uh, today the financial services industry is incredibly fragmented. People are managing, you know, 15 different accounts via their phone for all these different services they have. And because of that fragmentation, Mm -hmm. the way we communicate to people and try to acquire customers is rapidly changing. So you can't just think of it as, oh, banking 30 years ago, mom or dad gave you the primary first got, right? It's always been that way. Hey, I'm going to take you to the bank and you're going to open your first account. It's going to be a big girl or big boy (laughs) and you're going to work and you're going to get some money in the account. Mm -hmm. And then it transitioned. And then in college, you know, you basically just got cash out of an ATM and you had that same debit. At some point you grew up and you're like, oh, wow, things are getting more complicated. I have a more complicated financial picture. I'm buying homes. I got all this marketing coming my way only for 30, 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. the acquisition style will mail uh, a very, very clear formula. I know how I know I need to spend $400 to acquire a customer. Once I get them cross sell all these services. And that's been like this, the MO forever, mm. the shift to mobile, the oh, shift yeah. to mm-hmm. digital services, the disruption of FinTech, all these things that have happened in the last rise of crypto and people based taking money out of their quote, primary banks and credit unions and putting it into all these other services has really disrupted a lot of how banks explain value to the world. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it is a creative exercise. We're big on creativity, obviously, and and how you acquire customers. It's a huge conversion challenge in the industry. There's a lot of legacy tools for converting customers. You ever, have you ever filled out a mortgage app on a phone or a, oh, or a checking application on a phone. It's not the easiest thing on earth to do. And so it's not just about the media itself and how you're driving people, but it is, we spend countless meetings with clients talking about, you have fundamental issues with how you're converting people on your website. 
And mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the work we do now is we'll develop these media plans and we'll have all kinds of wonderful creative driving a bunch of traffic. And then we tell the client, until you buy and Z on your website, we yeah. don't really want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on your behalf for this. Yeah. I mean, that makes a good sense. It seems like if I had to like maybe recap in like a two, two, three sentence, it seems like you are really pushing your team and you are really pushing for, you know, focusing and adapting to consumer behavior, right? Those new things happening out there, more people on their mobile phone, but then again, applying for a mortgage loan is not it on a mobile phone. So how do we communicate with that person? How do we still reach out to the person? But I love the fact that basically telling us that creatives are not one size fits all. <laughs> it has to match the audience targeting that you have implemented, I would say. Hi, did you know that at Ellen Parker Consulting, we now offer an accelerator program where we attract, recruit, and train future marketers. And their training include a six weeks program where they cover programmatic landscape, um, industry, important industry trends, the differences between targeting placement and targeting mix and their best practices, including optimization and reporting hacks. Um, And they're able to set up manage and monitor a campaign, a demo campaign in the trade desk, everything including audience selection, inventory optimization, SPO, creative upload, brand safety, you name it. They're able to do it at the end of the six weeks program. So if you are part of the 90% of employers struggling to find a skilled candidate today and not willing to spend $14,900 on a bad hire, according to Zipia, Give us a call. Let's discuss which one of our five to 10 juniors available every month is the perfect fit for your team. Clients who have hired our juniors have shared that we were able to help them save one to two months on boarding with those juniors. Give us a call right now and let's discuss the solution with you. Let's talk about what are three things you see maybe happening with clients before they work with you. And then after they work with you, you're able to accomplish those three things. Like what are, or is it maybe channel focus? Oh, actually CTV is working or OTT is working really well, or actually audio isn't, things like that. Or is it more on the, well, let's get back to who we're trying to reach and this is how we go forward. So what is three things you want anyone to understand about um, how, like the type of solution you offer? Yeah, so one of the reasons why when you build an agency and if you're going to go into a niche, you, the reason you do that mm-hmm. is so you can have really deep full service expertise, ideally in that yeah. niche. I believe that. Want to be, we didn't want to be just the programmatic firm or just the social firm or yeah. just the PPC firm. Yeah. It is. We didn't want to be that and have 15 different industries that we're trying out and grab yeah. some type of insight. We wanted to go deep on expertise in this field. What has it led to mm-hmm. is a deeper understanding of the tech stack oh, actually wow. okay. inside these institutions. Mm-hmm. This makes you such a stronger marketer nowadays. When you understand the tech stack and the tech that many of these industries rely on, and this, this goes for any industry, the restaurant scene has a certain tech stack that they rely yeah. on banking does everyone has these these tools that they mm-hmm. lean in on and use and those tools 
often have incredible data restrictions in different ways, shapes, and forms that can either or hurt you in your media decisions, in your yeah. content decisions. Yeah. And so I'd the things uh, is absolutely our expertise on the tech stack itself has 10x the typical agency that would what? serve maybe a bank or a credit union. Gotcha. So understanding. So when you say tech stack, I'm sorry, you're saying you're referring to what the bank would use to service their own client, not so much what you would use to service the, the financial service clients. I said bank, but financial service clients. So I'm actually talking about two different kinds of stacks. Okay. One would be the banks tech stacks that help them enable oh, their yes, services. Yeah, That's okay. one. Yeah. So like the ability for them to deliver online and digital oh, banking oh, wow. and ability, all the apps they use. So you can actually apply for whatever the product is. That's one type of tech stack. Mm -hmm. The other is actually the typical MarTech stack that banks or credit yeah. unions are, would rely on. So many of them are buying tools or using different tools that other industries use too. But mm -hmm. as you know, our tech space is so incredibly fragmented and there's even industry specific marketing solutions by industry thing is no different mm -hmm. they have certain specialty crms and yeah. specialty marketing automation solutions and all these kind of specialty systems yeah. that have a lot of functionality and mm -hmm. when you are developing great creative great media if you don't understand those things then you don't even know that you're losing 20% of the potential acquisition because the retargeting targeting or remarketing tool in an app isn't firing. And the only reason you would know that is if you properly set up like UTM tags to tell a story yeah. as to how many people were coming back and converting and all these things. Uh -huh. so, so that type of intelligence mm -hmm. is the difference between people who waste quote 50% of the marketing media spend and the people who actually dig in and truly understand uh, a lot of the converting value there or lack of value. So I like what you just said, because now I have a question about measurement. Um, how do you prove success? Because I hear you said there's a lot of like fragmentation in the industry to start with, right? So how do you measure that success, especially in a cookie-less world? I'm just going to put in quotation mark here for now, um, especially when there are limitations in the targeting and therefore probably limitation measuring who is converting, where is converting. So what's your measurement solution for, for this particular client? Yeah, and, and truthfully, I don't get all mm -hmm. antsy about the lack of ability to target necessarily. Yeah. I'm still a firm believer media, you regionally target. I mean, we're talking about banking services. Guess what? Needs a checking account, need mortgages at a certain time. A lot of yeah. people need to refinance certain things. They need back porches and HELOCs. Yeah. And all. so the idea of, other than the fact that you don't want to sell mortgages to people who are under maybe 22. Okay. That's a fair, yeah. fair thing. <laughs> So I don't get as worried about that part of it as much as uh, we really, really hyper-focus on early strategy around the types of customers you do care about, kind of aligning products, banks mm -hmm. and credit unions. And I mean, they, they have 20, 30, 40, 50 products. Sometimes mm -hmm. they get, I won't even go, I won't even go into uh, a long monologue about how broke product is and of the financial services world, but it's yeah. not simple enough. 
And uh-huh. so we spend a lot of time on product match and product fit for mm-hmm. customer. And that helps us build yep. better creative. Mm-hmm. And it also helps us plan better media span. And then, like I said before, mm-hmm. we as an agency, if we don't care enough to like dig in on the hard stuff yeah. with a client about why their application sucks on their website, then we aren't really doing a good enough job. I could absolutely spend all your media dollars all day long and take my 15 to 20% commission yeah. <laughs> and, you know, go on vacations across the world throughout, you know, I could do that. That is not, that's what so many people right. have done for so long. Yeah. I just have a, I have a fundamental issue with that and not digging yeah. in deeper. I just do. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's a good point and a, and a quick segue into our next topic, which is, you know, education and supporting your team and actually how we got to meet, which was via a lead. I remember somebody referred us to each other and you are growing your programmatic effort for your clients, which I think it's amazing. Anytime a client reach out to me, for workshop, first of all, I applaud them because it's, it's hard to invest in education because you see, it's not like you see that dollar coming back right away. It's like mainly just arming your 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 people. It's like really giving them the confidence to be innovative, to be excited about going to work, to really become that expert. So you got to do, well, well some of your team got to do some of my workshops. I'd love to hear about what you thought about it. Did they get back to you and say anything? And for my listeners out there, this is actually the very first time I'm doing like this live, give me a live case study, give me a live uh, a review slash interview with a client. So I did tell Hunter to let me know the good, the bad, the ugly, um, because I really think that this is not done enough. Transparency and, and you know, being able to ask your client, like, for real, like, what do you really think about this stuff? So talk to me about what your team said. Um, or and let me just let the, the team, I mean, the, the listeners know it was a workshop on programmatic fundamentals for some of your team, you know, the account managers, the social media folks that needed to learn about programmatic from a holistic perspective. And then the programmatic ninja team and I got to really focus on growing how to build up strategy, but really on optimization. Like we really spend a lot of time on optimization. We even had example of like reports where we pivoted things, where we went over, oh, this is how you want to optimize for this or for sites or for data. Um, so that's basically like the, the quick workshop um, detail here of what we did. So we'd love to hear about you. What do you think? Yeah. So the, you know, a live test, kudos to you for doing the live testimonial. So uh, <laughs> not everyone does that. The there's a couple things I would say. Thanks. <laughs> One is when you have an agency mm-hmm. and you're a full service agency. Yeah. There are so many things to teach on. I mean, there are, and not only that, but when you're a specialty agency, so yeah. we're teaching on we're teaching staff. Some of our staff is fresh out of college. Some of them are more. Some of them maybe pivoted pivoted their career in their oh. mid 30s or 40s and are joining an agency. So there's a need to teach across six, seven, eight different subject matters mm-hmm. and the media landscape in particular, oh, yeah. you can be the greatest media planner on yeah. earth and still not understand all the intricacies of programmatic. It's very complicated. Yeah. Um, just like any other kind of media channel uh, today. The thing I'll say is we're big on socializing 
uh, knowledge as much as possible while then also going deep on certain things for a person or a specialist or whatnot. And so I want as many people to understand the channels through which we serve our clients. And at the same time, I want the people who are responsible for those areas to really dig deep on those things because it goes back to, and and you can imagine, if you can imagine serving the banking financial industry, they're pretty numbers focused. And so uh, a lot of your, your teaching is around uh, kind of micro optimizations, even that improve all kinds of aspects of programmatic. And I think many people sometimes programmatic ad rap because it's like, oh, that's the thing that agencies sell when they just want you to buy hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff and don't think about it too much because it's quote for brand or something like that. And the great thing about what you're teaching is it can become an optimization exercise and not just to dump it in the programmatic bucket and forget about it exercise. And so I think that's a, that's one of the main takeaways my team took from it was, whoa, there's more to this than (laughs) just dump it and forget about it. Uh, it, There really is a process there's from strategy to optimization to the regular maintenance and what to continue to look for. There's more to the media buy than just the media buy. Yeah. I mean, you bring a good point. That's a different perspective because you're right now that you said that I do get a handful of agencies or even media ninjas reaching out to me saying, how do I help my clients, help my account team even sometimes understand that programmatic advertising is not only the awareness, the brand awareness, it's not just for the reach, right? Numbers, but we can focus on the consideration uh, strategy. We can focus on that conversion, the lower funnel strategy because of all of the different tactics you have available. And it complements really well the other paid media channels. Like programmatic is not better or less than, than the others. I think that's the biggest misconception too. It's like, no, all of those have to complement your one goal, which is servicing your client. What are you trying to accomplish with that client? So I love that perspective um, because I was super impressed with uh, with the team. They had a great question. They asked exactly like, so wait a minute, <laughs> you're telling us this, but how do we present this? Or you are really asking us to, to think a different way, but we also have to explain this to our clients. So what is the best approach for clients today? I think pretty cool. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And I will say that I think you're a good teacher in the sense of, as you know, and as, and I know this too, from just any kind of public speaking you do, or whether it's a virtual webinar or whatever, many times on subjects like this, when you, the, the person who knows this really well is speaking (laughs) on it, you can lose people pretty quickly. They can gloss over. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some pretty technical knowledge here as well. Uh, the great thing that you do is make it extremely interactive. Actually, the question asking, the polling, these kind of things, yeah. <laughs> those at least improve the recall on this stuff because it's not easy. And you're not like you can do a five hour, six hour workshop and retain, you know, 10 or 20 percent of it. But when you have that style of interact interaction, it, it definitely improves retention. And I think that's a that's a testament to how you teach, too. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Because I put myself in the those people's shoes. I'm like, uh, 
I barely remember 30 minutes of anything. So it's really important for me to be like either moving around or taking a break. So in like all of the workshop I do, I implement all of those polls, all of those questions as much as possible. But also because you need like that meant like that mental break really quick. Like, oh, by the way, can we check it in? Let's check in. And then we actually took breaks, like, oh, let's meet in five minutes. Let's go walk around, hug your pet, meet in 10 minutes because it's important. You gotta make, get that whole body movement happening at the same time as your brain is like literally nonstop moving. So, um, so thank you. Thank you for the feedback. I think um, it's really cool to hear. Like I said, this is my first time doing a a live review of a workshop, but I think I'm going to keep doing it. I think it's really fun. You should do it. Keep doing it and Uh, give people lessons for all people who (laughs) speak to people, give people a break. Seriously, like that, it, like our brains can't handle all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's just like when I'm asked to do a class for like five hours mm-hmm. and then, then halfway through the class, they're like, and we're going to leave like 10 minutes for a break. I'm like, guys, no, 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 no. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to take a 10 minute break after in between six hours of teaching. No. We're going to take regular breaks. So our brains actually get a moment. Because like they check out, like the people check out and then you'll see them on their phone and that's natural. It's a natural behavior. Like, oh, this is too much. And programmatic has a lot of terms and concept. And it's just even just the media buying of things. It's just understanding the auction. It's not hard, but it's a new concept. And if you are not used to it, then you check out, your brain will check out. But that's why I always like to provide the recordings for you and your team and and the follow-ups, which we did maximize. And some of the team are in the community that I run um, with other traders, with other programmatic ninjas. So they get to ask questions. They get to like really join our weekly calls. It's just a community calls where we have like topics. Um, So if anybody's interested, holla at me, holla at Hunter for any financial services specific. What is it? Media, full service media. Marketing needs, web design, content, web development, all those things. So you can go to hifiagency.com. That's just H-I-F-I agency. Literally, like you cannot get this name wrong. H-I-F-I-agency.com. You cannot. I was so proud of that that night when I woke up. I was like, in the, like, I. So catchy. I love it. Look for the domain. Immediately look for the domain on the phone. I was like, oh, hell yeah, it is on. Like Like we got it $2.99 really quick. Yes. (laughs) I did that a few times. Like, I'm just going to buy this really quick. I'll use it eventually. I do sometimes. Sometimes I just let it expire. But um, all right. Well, let's look for closing segments before we, because I want to be respectful of your time. Let's see. What is maybe one fun fact about yourself that you would like to share with us today? Ooh. Um, uh, well, I guess <laughs> well, just one. Uh, no, the, uh, you know the, what? The... Share as many as you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, so I spent a large portion of my childhood in Mexico and, oh, cool. uh, was, uh, fluent in Spanish and grew up down there doing a bunch of work. Cool. And so, uh, that's one. I also jumped out of planes and uh what hmm? and then i played violin for 15 years which is random um, oh wow violin that's really really cool um yeah. wait but um let's rewind you just jump out of planks for for a second um <laughs> just just roll it just roll through that um so no, the skydiving i mean i just like i, I liked skydiving, skydiving uh-huh. and uh that was 
I don't, I don't do that anymore. I guess once okay. you get married and have kids, it's like, oh, you, dad can't jump out of a plane anymore. Um, that's not allowed, but uh, it is, I highly recommend doing it one time in your life. If you have okay. an opportunity to do it, it's worth it. It's pretty uh, to be jump out of a plane at 12,000 feet yeah. in the air and just be hurtled towards the earth is a, uh, it's, it's a special experience. Mm-hmm. I, um, my, for my husband, when we were dating, uh, when he was 25 and that was my gift to him, <laughs> skydiving. <laughs> it's fun. He's such a, like a daredevil. And, but like before I bought it, I, I mean, I booked it. I remember calling his mom, like, so he doesn't have any heart problem. He didn't tell me about, right. Cause you know, we've been dating for a few years, but you never know. She was like, Oh no, he'll be fine. So, but he had the best time. He talks about it all the time. And he told me like, I have to do it. I got to do it. I'll do it. I'm going to do it. You can do it. You can do it whenever too. I think I'm trying to convince my wife to do it now. We may do it on her 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I'm trying to, trying to build her up to do it. <laughs> he has a fear, fear of heights. So this should do it. Oh, really well. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a fear of height. Although we went, um, I did um, zip lining and around the charlotte area and it was really high it was like i can't remember how far i was but it was like at least a five minute long zip line for what it were <laughs> um but it was beautiful but i freaked out before she was like ma'am you want me to push i was like ma'am just give me a second just, just gotta yeah. finish my prayer you know uh, but I, once you do it it's like oh it ain't that bad but i've been going up those stairs you keep going looking down and you're like oh, not too late just go back those 17 stairs of flight. It's cool. You will survive. Nobody will judge you. And then you hear my husband in the background. I will absolutely judge you. You got to do this. Oh yeah. You can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, the natural instinct for people, you know, don't look down obviously, but when you're in an airplane and they throw the door open, uh, I turned into like, at you know a cat was like it's just like they spread their their paws against the when they're scared when they don't want to get in a bath or something like that that's what i turned into the moment that first time uh he opened the latch to the airplane and we were up that high it was just like hands attached to the airplane immediately uh but but, and you just fall out it's fine (laughs) you just fall out okay well on that note thank you so much for dropping by if anybody needs to reach out to you how can they do that uh, the best way you can always go to our website, which is hifiagency.com, or you can uh, just send me an email at hunter, H U N T E R, at hifiagency.com. Yay! And I'll have all of Hunter's information and HiFi Agency's information in the show notes right below or on this YouTube video. And again, you can always email us to ask about the episode and any questions. And then again, Hunter, thank you so much for stopping by. This was excellent.